Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode number 198, otherwise known as the finale of season two of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. It is a very, very bittersweet moment right now as we wrap up the second season of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And just like when we wrapped up season one last year, just emotional, really. Like I said, bittersweet, emotional. You know, it's like closing a chapter in a book. You know, you read it, you enjoy it, it's exciting, it's interesting, the plot develops, whatever. Then it's over, and it's on to something else. And that's what I'm very excited to be doing here, is closing the chapter of Season 2, which has been going on for well over a year. And, you know, with episodes every Friday, it's not that hard to to make these episodes so it's not a me taking a break in terms because it's so difficult it's you know i want to give it a moment to breathe and give it a break and allow me as a uh, content creator just to focus on some other things with the sports card national coming up at the end of july so i think it's just a really good time to pause the podcast because over the course of july as well all we really have is baseball so I really want to be able to dive back into Murph's Boston Sports Talk Season 3 once football season really starts to get going with preseason and we're talking about Patriots, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, maybe DeAndre Hopkins. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot more headlines and stories to talk about come August, and I really think it's going to be an excellent time to bring back Season 3. I don't know exactly what date, so stay tuned on social media. You can follow me at Murph's Cardtown on Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, Facebook. 
and there's gonna be all the updates there and of course if you head over to the YouTube channel you're gonna see all the videos and content that I have been creating for the hobby for the community it's just over the course of the end of May and into July made a ton a ton a ton of videos and I'm very excited and very happy to have made all these videos because it's it's fun it's something that I really really love to do so with that being said let's briefly go over the topics today's episode obviously we're going to be talking about the Red Sox because I just want to kind of brush up on that as we head into the summer of course I want to talk about sports cards the hobby the national and then thirdly kind of what I really want to lead off with is you know sometimes you'll hear like a thud or like some kind of noise like and I mean, actually, hold on. What did that even sound like? Let me pause this and hear that back. Well, I finally realized kind of what the issue is. It's because, I don't know, this is so weird. I've had uh, this microphone, this boom arm for two and a half years. And I, I just kind of figured it just was because I don't have fancy equipment. And that's honestly probably one of the reasons why as well. But I think one of the driving forces is because the microphone is hooked up to like a metal bar that just connects right into the the boom arm the microphone stand so like when I touch that there's just nothing really to damper the vibration and the noise so it kind of makes that noise that we all absolutely hate trust me I hear it too and I hate it too it's just from what I was thinking was just uncontrollable however it is just got to upgrade my equipment so that is something that is definitely on my agenda for when season three rolls around is that will be fixed hopefully fingers crossed i can't believe it took me this long to figure that out though so it is a little upsetting that it did take me that long it's just how did i miss that that's really what i want to know is how did i miss that well whatever (laughs) anyways let's talk red sox because Red Sox have been pitching, or I should say playing, abysmally. But they're pitching outside of Brian Bayo is probably worse. I know, we're almost 200 episodes into this podcast, and I'm going to have to say it again and again and again. This team can't... Actually, they did it once. They won one game by scoring less than four runs since... I don't know. They did it against the White Sox on the 23rd a week ago today, actually, which brings up their season total to three, maybe four wins by only scoring four or less runs or less than four runs. I mean, since then, they've given up five runs, four runs, ten runs, six runs, and two runs. The offense has scored one, uh, sorry, four runs, one run, one run, two runs, no runs. I've said this so many times, and I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse here. It's they the the hitting can't stay consistent all year long. It can't get you ten runs, seven runs, six runs, seven runs, eight runs, twelve runs, five runs every night. It just can't do it. And as much as we want them to do it, as much as we want them to do it. It's unfortunately not going to be that easy. It's not. And I'm quite, I'm sorry to tell you guys because, listen, I I hate, one thing I hate doing or I hate being is wrong. 
I really do because I really take pride. It's, it's not an arrogant thing. I, I promise you, it's not an arrogant thing. It's a, it's a confidence thing. It's a, I am confident in my level of knowledge and in my predictions when it comes to sports. And I hate to tell you guys, but this team is a middling 500 team. They sit two games below 500. They're exactly 500 at home. And they're two games under 500 on the road. And you know, on the road, two games under 500 at this point in the season, we'll take it, right? Why not? But to go 500 at home, to be 3-7 and seven in your last 10 games, 15 total games back of the Rays, you know, that's fine. I think they're five games out of the last wild card spot in the American League. That just doesn't feel comfortable. That doesn't feel cozy. And I asked you guys this at the beginning of the season. I, I, I pleaded for you to tell me, where is this team so talented, so gifted, so good that it makes you feel confident that they're a playoff team? Oh, their lineup. Who's in the, what do you mean their lineup? What do you mean? They lost Bogarts. No Benintendi. No Betts. No J.D. Martinez. Oh, by the way, Betts is another starting all-star for the National League outfield. J.D. Martinez is the starting designated hitter for the National League, who's having a really good year this year. Average is a little down, but home run on the RBIs, they're there. And Bogarts, who did start extremely hot, he has cooled down a lot, you know, throughout the course of the season. But defensively, oh my God, the, the, defensively, he's worth the, the $240 million, whatever he got alone for this year, with how atrocious... Red Sox fielding, specifically at shortstop, has been defensively. I mean, like Kike, I said again, I was right about this. Kike Hernandez is not an everyday shortstop. He is a super utility guy. He's actually very good in center field. I will give him credit. But when I think of my shortstop, I think of a guy you plug into the lineup 150 games out of the year and you forget about him. Every once in a while, they'll DH. Every once in a while, they'll get a day off. I mean, past eight years, uh, eight years, let's just call it eight years, we had Alexander Bogarts, you plugged him in at shortstop, forget about him. He'll be hitting second, third, fourth, you know, earlier in his career, sixth, seventh, eighth in, in the lineup, forget about it. His defense was rough to start, it got better, and it was never perfect, but it was tolerable, it was acceptable, without a doubt. And... Kike is just not that kind of guy. You know, if you have an injury that pops up to your starting shortstop and you need Kike to play a series at shortstop or a couple games throughout the course of the week, fine. Fine. You know, hey, our shortstop is going to be down for, for this four-game set. Kike, can you play shortstop three of those games? Plug him in. Perfect. It's just another thing I would write about. I'm like, I, I like Kike. I like what he brings to the table, the energy, the, the confidence, the utility. It's just, he's not working out this year. And it's just like, well, if he's not working out, then what's going to make it, what's going to make us think that a Justin Turner or Adam Duvall or any of these other veterans that the Red Sox have brought in? I mean, Turner's been okay this year. I really like his performance. Duvall, you know, he's still coming back from the injury, which I still don't think he's a center fielder. I think he's a corner outfielder. Okay. And I will admit one player I have been wrong on is Masataka Yoshida. Now, I will admit that he has been playing exceptionally well baseball this year, early in his Major League Baseball career. 
However, I still want to see more. He's hitting 294 right now, eight home runs, and 272 at bats, and on base uh, plus slugging of 827. So, in his first major league career, or first major league season of his career, I'll take that. I will absolutely take that. And I was, I admit, Will wrong. I was wrong about him. However, I still hold the right to change my opinion or my stance on it until the end of the season. If he just goes 0 for 20 in his next 20 at-bats or absolutely just shits the bed, well, then maybe it becomes a situation of, oh, I told you so. I think one of the big reasons to his success this past or this year so far is he's completely new to Major League Baseball. Pitchers don't necessarily know how to pitch to him, what his weaknesses are. I mean, that's why young Major League pitchers do have a lot of success. It's because these hitters don't know these pitchers' tendencies, the way that they throw, the types of pitches they throw, timing. New pitchers, rookie pitchers that get called up, do have an advantage over hitters. Now, you could obviously say the same thing vice versa, that hitters have an advantage over, say, maybe veteran pitchers. Because these pitchers don't know the tendencies or the types of pitches that these hitters can or can't hit. You know, it, it's, it works both ways. It does. And I think a lot of these pitchers just don't know, okay, Yoshida likes the ball up. Yoshida you know, doesn't like the ball down or whatever it may be. And they're still trying to figure that out. You know, it's a long season. You see a guy a bunch of times. You're more than likely going to figure it out. So, again, this team right now is 40-42. and 42. They are the epitome of 500. All season have been. And just when you they go on a little streak, one, win six of seven games, they've won seven of ten games, all right, they're inching over 500, then they absolutely shit the bed, and they go three and seven in the last ten games. Like, before last night, they were on pace to go 80 and 82. I think they're probably still on pace to go 80 and 82. I mean, obviously not technically but I would look at it at 40 and 42 as 80 and 82 I'd like to think and that is obviously not going to cut it not to be a playoff team not as a Red Sox team it's not going to cut it but again everybody was telling me that this is a playoff team that they were going to make the playoffs where how show me because I could tell you that the pitching is lackluster the lineup is too inconsistent. The bullpen is unreliable. And the fielding was going to take a massive hit. I hate talking about the Red Sox in such a negative manner, but it's unfortunately true. It really, really is. I mean, are they going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline? If the trade deadline was today, and we're still a month away, but if it was today, are the Red Sox going to buy at the deadline and trade away young prospects to make the current 2023 Red Sox team better? Or are they going to be selling their veteran players that are currently on the roster and trade them away to other teams to acquire more prospects? I think right now, knowing Heim's history he's going to sell he's, he wants all the prospects he wants as many young prospects as possible 
Hein Bloom is waiting for 2025. What's in 2025? You get Marcelo Meyer, you get Nick York, uh, Sedane Rafaela, uh, Tristan Cassis is you know a veteran now. Brian Bayo's a veteran now. You hope that Brian Mata is a good pitcher. He's waiting for the young guys that he he's developed and drafted to become pros and stars. We're the Boston Red Sox. We don't care about the future at this current moment. We care about this year's team. Because I do think that there's a golden opportunity in the American League, at least, for a bunch of these teams that are competitive to sneak out of the American League. I really do. The Rays are having a fantastic season. By far the best team in baseball. I know the Braves have been crazy hot lately, but put that aside because they're in the National League. Is what the Rays doing sustainable? Are they going to be able to make it to another World Series? Is what the Orioles doing sustainable all year? As much as I like them and love watching them, are they eventually going to hit a too soon wall? We're too good, too soon, we're not ready for this moment wall. Possibly. The American League Central is a crapshoot. Just leave it at that. And then the American League West, the uh, the, the Astros have regressed. The Mariners have regressed. The Angels, very competitive this year, still six games out of the division. But who knows what they're going to be doing at the deadline in regards to Shohei Otani. And then again, the Rangers, similar to the Orioles, are they just going to hit that too soon wall? Yes, they have a bunch of veterans in comparison to the Orioles where they don't. Rangers have Corey Seager, Micah Simeon, Nathan Nivaldi, Martin Perez. They did have Jacob deGrom. Obviously, he's now injured. So I think the Rangers are in a little bit of a better situation. But still, they have a lot of young guys. Jonah Heim, Josh Jung, uh, Adolis Garcia. Still a young roster. So are they going to hit, be hitting that too soon wall? Are the Astros going to figure it out when Jordan Alvarez comes back? And are they going to go on a, a crazy nine of the last ten games streak? Are the Angels going to be buyers of the deadline and try to make it work with Otani and try to make him stay because they're having a successful season? There is just a lot of question marks and a lot of uncertainties in the American League. There really is. Yankees are very well underperforming without Aaron Judge. The Blue Jays... Their lineup is good. Their pitching is inconsistent. Then you got the Red Sox, who have a really solid roster on paper. They do. It's just the pitching, which I've told you about, and I've expressed this so many times. I've looked up the stats. I've looked at the numbers. And most importantly, I can see with my eyes that this team is not built for this year. But... I don't, want to say the, I don't want to say the door is wide open because I think that's a little exaggerating. But the door's ajar. The door's absolutely ajar. And you're only five games out of the wild card. If you didn't go three and seven in your last ten games, you might be three, three games out of the wild card and have a shot, have a chance. That's a series. That's a one game, uh, three game series with one team to get back into it. But I don't think Heim, like last year, and like 2021, wants to commit to this team. Yes, yes. Heim brought in uh, Kyle Schwarber at the end of 2021. 
I'll give him that. But that's it. Uh, oh, wait. Who was it? Uh, Hansel Robles. He brought in. Okay, I'll give him that. Like, more. Give me a little bit more juice. Give me an, a, a right-handed bat. Give me something. Give me some speed off the bench. Give me maybe another starter. Something. Teams that have depth in the rotation, in the bullpen, just simply on the pitching staff. Those teams go far. Teams that are very versatile in their lineup, on the bench, go far. Especially in a day and age where we're playing matchups. Oh, there's a lefty on the mound. Let me get all my righties in. Big problem for the Red Sox. They have no righties. They have no righties in their lineup. 2022, you traded Christian Vasquez. All right, we're sellers. Oh, wait, we'll, we'll trade for Tommy Pham. And be buyers at the deadline now? Absolutely no sense. This Red Sox team has one month to figure it out. They have a lot of potential. Chris Sale is throwing again. Brian Bayo has been pitching well. James Paxton's been pitching well, which has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, Cutter Crawford's been decent. Who knew? Garrett Whitlock's been up and down, but we know that he can be good. Tanner Hulk was pitching good until he got the line drive off his face. Thank goodness he's okay. But this pitching staff, most importantly, needs help. And I'm not talking about going going out and getting a 37-year-old Corey Kluber at the trade deadline or a Corey Kluber-like at the deadline who's well past his prime. But they need something. I don't know. Do the Red Sox go out and try to find a Luis Castillo that the Mariners did last year? Trade from at the deadline? Doesn't seem like it's in their DNA, the Red Sox, to do so. I mean, who knows what you'd have to give up. But you know Heim's not going to do that. He's not going to make a big splash like that. He hasn't made a big splash in the trade market at all since he traded Betts and Benintendi. And those were selling players off. Goodbye. It is. Red Sox salary. I just want to look at the Red Sox salary this year. Spot track. Because this is this is going to be uh, fun to 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 look at, it really is. All right, so the Red Sox active total payroll is 180 million dollars right now, 0.7 whatever. Your highest your highest paid player on your roster right now is Rafael Devers. Not a surprise. You got 16 to Kenley Jansen, who okay I like that. Then you got Kike making 10 million dollars, Corey Kluber making 10 million dollars, Turner making 8.3. Duvall making seven. I mean, you got Nick Pavetta making 5.3, but he's in year two of arbitration. So, I don't even want to go any further because then you just get into like the whole, you know, hundreds of thousands and all that good stuff. I, I don't care about that. You take, this is like just the mindset you could have had. You take Kike off, you take Corey Kluber off, and you take Turner or Duvall off. And you can pay for Bogarts. You could have paid for Betts. Now, granted, I know Betts has been off the team for a couple of years, but I'm just trying to make the money work because you could have made the money work. And, yes, Chris Sale's money is not... Actually, Chris Sale's money is actually built into this despite him being on the injured list. The new Super Beats Hard Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit Radio Beats, B-E-E-T-S dot com 
and save 15% with promo code DEAL. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And yes... Oh, the Red Sox are so injured this year. I'll give you that. Trevor Story's out. Chris Sale's out. Are we really going to get all crazy over Adalberto Mondesi, who hasn't played this year? Who you traded? Uh, who'd you trade? Um, oh, boy. Was it the lefty? Because I know Matt Strom's in Philly, but did he go from Kansas City to Philly? Don't remember. Are we really going to go crazy over Reese McGuire? His, his money, I mean, it's, it's pennies. It's pennies on the dollar. So, like, I understand Chris Sale and Trevor Story, your big guys, aren't participating right now and aren't part of the equation. But, like, if you extended Bogarts, and I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but if you extended Bogarts in 2021 when you had the opportunity to, you wouldn't have had to bring in Trevor Story. Especially knowing, like, all right, we got some young prospects, you know, middle infielders coming up in the system. Maybe they can play second base, transition to that. Or maybe Bogarts gets older, he goes to third, goes to first, to DH, whatever. When the time comes right. It's just, Haim is just poorly managing this roster. Do you need do we need Adam Duvall on this roster? His side, his bat, like the side of the plate he bats on? Yes, being a righty. Yes. But you got Duran's been playing well. Um, Verdugo has been playing well. Yoshida has been playing well. Again, Kika Hernandez could play in the outfield for you. Turner. Do you need Justin Turner? He's uh, third, first, and DH. Again, the right-handed bat? Absolutely. But, I mean, you have Devers at third. Cassis you have at first. You still have Dahlbeck in the minors who can play the infield. He's been playing well. I will give him that. He's been playing well. Especially as a 38-year-old. I will give him credit. Kluber? No, I'm not even going to defend him. And Kike Hernandez? I'm not. I'm also not going to defend. So there's just so much money right there that you could easily free up. You could easily free up $35 million. And again, I'm not going to... This is talking about like, you know, last two years ago when you could have extended Bogarts. All I'm saying is the money that you're, spending, uh, you're paying on these free agents, these free agent veterans, could have gone towards one nicer player. It's just these guys are bridge players. They are. Three years from now, none of those guys are on the roster. Kluber's gone after this year. Turner might retire. I don't know if he'll be back. Duvall, he's 34. I mean, is he part of the big picture? Doubt it. He'll be 37 in three years. And then Kike Hernandez, I hope not with how he's been playing. Hein Bloom's literally building a roster to bridge to when the prospects are ready, to when the young 
minor leaguers are ready. That's exactly what he's doing. I'm sorry, but that's what he's doing. And I hate to tell you, but it's the unfortunate truth, and we have to live with it. All right, I've talked about the Red Sox for way too long. I want to talk about um, I want to talk about the channel real quick, the YouTube channel for those that don't know. Murph's Card Town on YouTube. This is I, I post the podcast here, Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I post videos on here as well. Of co- a ton of cool, awesome content on the YouTube channel. Hopefully, for those that are listening on audio-only platforms, this will hold you over until season three. Feel free to check out the YouTube channel. Please consider subscribing if you're new or haven't considered subscribing. Uh, the type of content I want to just kind of briefly talk about here is obviously hobby-related sports cards. I try to do Pokemon uh, breaks. I try to do some TCG openings, sports cards openings, hobby discussions, just a bunch of different stuff. Submission reveals, card show pickups, you name it, I try to put it on the channel. And with July, literally uh, tomorrow, (laughs) it is literally the next day, we're going to be getting into a lot, a lot, a lot of sports card national conversations. And just just to give you a brief overview, tomorrow I have a video coming out saying, here's what you should bring to the National on, when's the, when's the second? Second Sunday. Why you should prepare for the National right now. Then on the 6th, is the National not a good show to go to? And I'm going to be having other videos come out. That's just kind of what I already have queued up in terms of the national. But there's tons of other hobby-related content on there. Uh, Is it true that the value of sports cards is declining? Where did all these quote-unquote investors go from like 2020 and 2021? I got a message to the, the hobby and the community. These are all videos that haven't come out yet. Videos that have come out that are hobby-related. Uh... Uh, behind the card documentary on YouTube I reacted to. I did a shop vlog of, you know, behind the scenes of running a shop. I did a video about that. Uh, pickups from card shows. A grading company, ISA, sent me cards, so I unboxed them and reviewed them. It's just there's so much. There's a plethora of content out there right now. I think I have, I couldn't even tell you how many videos I have out there right now. Uh, 50, 100. I'm actually really curious. Uh, wait, can I just go to like my YouTube, like the Murphs card? T- I'm kind of curious now how many videos I have. I have no idea how many videos I have out there. So we're going to be finding out together. Um, I have 571 videos out right now. So there is a ton of content for you to watch at your pleasure and at your leisure that can hopefully help you in your hobby endeavors if you are into sports cards. If you're not, there is still obviously the past episodes of Murph's Boston Sports Talk, but I also talk about other uh, hobby, uh, not hobby, excuse me, sports discussions, talking about players, you know, struggling superstars in baseball. Uh, Let's see, players that we should be watching. It's just, I strongly recommend checking it out if you have some free time. You know, why is eBay, you know, not a good place to, to buy, sell, or trade cards. I would greatly appreciate if you were to check it out. So I just want to kind of plug the YouTube channel there because, you know, with season two coming to an end, I don't want people to feel like that they're screwed out of some content and some entertainment for the next month, month plus, I don't know, however long season two break will be. 
but there is a ton of options for you to still support the shop, support the channel, support me, and also stay entertained at the same time. So definitely go check it out, Murph's Card Town on YouTube. Again, I would greatly appreciate you subscribing if you're new or haven't considered subscribing to the channel. So let's talk about sports cards though. So let's pivot to that because we do need to talk about that. And it kind of circles back to some of the videos that I have coming out and I'll briefly go over you know, my thoughts and opinions about the topics of the videos that will be coming out over the next couple of weeks. But I really want to talk about that here and obviously this podcast style um, content and just give you my you know feelings and emotions about it. And you guys can go watch the videos when they do come out. They're about five, six minutes long each. But why you should prepare for the national. And with July on the horizon, that means national season. We need to prepare for the sports card national. Why should you, first of all, what should you bring? Before you even think about going, what do you need to bring? What should you bring? And if you watch the video, you, you'll see me cover this. But obviously, you need to bring cards. Very obvious. Some people don't. I would recommend bringing cards. I think bringing a pad of paper or using the notes on your on your phone, iPhone, Android, whatever. I like pen and paper because I can physically write it down. I can physically see it, cross it off, make edits. It's just way easier for me. However, whatever works for you, works for you. A form of note taking, I think is critical. Something to carry your cards in, whether that's a carrying case, a backpack, um, a fanny pack, a satchel, whatever. Does not matter. Whatever works for you, works for me too. But you need something to carry your cards in, whether they're cards you're bringing, looking to trade or sell, or maybe they're pickups from cards you purchased. Need to have something. I think that's very crucial. And lastly, th uh, is it lastly? I don't remember. But this is a very important one, one that is very laughed at. It slept on. I think it's funny, and I, but it's true. You need snacks. Snacks? You'll, 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 you'll see that. If you watch the video, you'll understand that joke. Snacks? Scooby snacks? And, and you need, you need like water or, or, or some kind of drink, whatever your, you know, drink preferences. This, there is a concession stand. You're going to be getting like ballpark chicken fingers, dry cheeseburgers. It's just, if you bring a bag of chips, if you bring, you know, a bottle of water, a can of soda, coffee, whatever, it'll hold you over until maybe you can go out to a restaurant or, you know, if you ate before, you'll last you for a while. Bring some snacks, something to munch on. It'd be extremely beneficial and crucial for you because you're going to be doing a lot of walking, staying hydrated, staying energized is going to be very crucial because it is a big area, a lot of people, and it's going to be a lot to take in. So I just think not having the distraction of being hungry or thirsty will be beneficial for a successful show. So that's what you should bring to the show or what I think you should be bringing to a show why you should prepare for the national and i wrote this down on a piece of paper so let me just get what i wrote down where is it hold on there it is i'll just read you the the, the list that i wrote off in in the video uh the national will be overwhelming for first time attendees there's going to be tons of cards to choose from so if you know the following a player's market player's trend player's value it's going to all be important this also circles back to the national being overwhelming. There's going to be a ton of cards. There's going to be a ton to look at. A lot happening. But if you can go into the show already knowing, all right, I know Josh Allen's value. Oh, I know the trend of Desmond Ritter is through the, is through the roof right now. 
These are things you're not going to have to think about or look up if you already know this going in. And if you have this written down on the note, the pad of paper, your notes in your phone or whatever it may be because you brought that, it'll help you be prepared. Then you'll be a leg up because like, oh, crap, I don't know what the value of this is. Let me look it up. And you're just wasting time. And it could potentially lead into wasting money. And it leads into my third point. Have an idea who you're looking for. So all, all three of my points circle back to each other and intertwine with each other. Know who you're looking for so you don't waste money and time. We all hate wasting time and money. We do. Wasting time by looking cards up. Oh, I like that card. It's only $200. Let me look it up. Ba-da-da-ba. Ooh, last one did $550. Oof. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Rewind. Wow, it's for $550. Let me look it up. Ba-da-da-ba. Ooh, last one did 200 But if you knew that... I'm just going to use Desmond Ritter as an example here. That Desmond Ritter's cards shouldn't be in the 500 ballpark. Then you would know that that price was too high to begin with. So you didn't have to waste the time looking it up. In cell service, an internet's going to be very, very dead with all the people you know using phones, Ebay's, 130-point, all these websites that we use. So you might not even get the chance to look something up. So you might be forced to almost take a gamble on something when you really shouldn't or you don't want to. But again, if you know the player's market, trend, and value, and you have an idea of who you're looking for, and you did your homework, and you're educated, you're gonna ha- you're gonna be in such a better, better position than if you didn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. <clears throat> the throat is a little on the parched side. Uh, let's see. Talking about the national still. <clears throat> Jesus, what is going on? It's like my voice just died. Is the national a good show or not a good show to go to? Um, it's very. It's a massive show. It's overwhelming. These cards are going to be overpriced, but there will be vendors looking to do deals. You'll be able to find good, you know, nicer cards, thirty, forty, fifty dollar card for like ten, fifteen, twenty dollars. If you look, it's an experience. It's fun, and if you go in looking to have a fun experience. You're going to have a great show. I promise you. I went to it last year for the first time. I'm going back again this year. It is going to be a very, very exciting time. And I'm looking forward to it. And I really think you should as well if you're going to the National or if you're thinking about go. Excuse me. If you're thinking about going to the National. What the hell happened to my voice? It's like I got a little uh, like right in the back there. Uh, bad timing for the last episode of season two. Uh, I don't know. All right. I just, I just spitballed a ton of stuff at you. My throat's dying, apparently. Uh, what else can we talk about before we wrap up Season 2? Uh, you know, I guess before we actually do wrap it up, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody for the support, the love and support throughout the entirety of Merce Boston Sports Talk, Season 1 and 2. But if, whenever you started listening, I do appreciate you listening um, and just downloading, listening, enjoying every episode on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know where you listen to your podcast, and you know the platform that you like to use. Well, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on that platform. So definitely consider downloading, listening, and enjoying, of course, as I'll greatly appreciate that. If you like to listen to your podcast on YouTube, that's fantastic too. I post Murph's Boston Sports Talk episodes on YouTube as well. New episodes come out Friday, obviously with Season 2. Coming to a close, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing on Friday. It is going to be an absolute mystery to both you and I. I don't know if I should be 
posting videos on Friday or if I should just post no videos on Friday because that day is supposed to be reserved for the podcast. I don't exactly know, but you know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But you can also catch me on social media at Murph's Car Town on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook. So I guess before I do wrap it up, I guess, you know, I'll kind of keep it hobby related content is there was a little, you know, last night we had trade night here at the shop and there was a little altercation that kind of stirred up and I tried to get, there was three people involved and I was trying to get the, the opinions from the three people involved. I got really good detail from two of the people, but the one of the person, one of the people was just very, very vague. And I, I don't know why it was the first time here and I'm just trying to talk to them and they're very egocentric and, and very like arrogant. And at the end of the day, it was a misunderstanding of values. I really don't want to dive into it anymore because I, I had to talk about it here at the shop last night. I've been talking to people on social media because they've been like, whoa, what happened? Murph? Blah, blah, blah. But I just want to kind of go, just mention this to everybody that's listening. Sports cards, Pokemon cards, TCG, whatever you collect, however you collect in this hobby, it's a hobby. It's meant to have fun. And I've always said, if you can make money along the way here and there, that is fantastic. That's fantastic. That's great. But it's a hobby. It's not life or death. I mean, maybe for me having a business, maybe it is life or death. But for 99% of people, it's not life or death. It's a hobby. It's meant to have fun. You get a card, you enjoy it, you move on from it. Or maybe you get a card, you keep it forever. There's a million and one ways to collect in this hobby. There is a gazillion ways to collect in this hobby. And none of them, I think, are truly right. I don't think a single one of them is right. But it's how you like to collect, and that's fine. But there are a few wrong ways to collect in this hobby. There are. And I'm not going to dive into it. We can all kind of um, you know, speculate these wrong reasons. You know, lying, scamming, robbing, stealing, you know, stuff like that. And I don't condone any of that. I am absolutely against all wrong forms of collecting in this hobby because I'm such an advocate and a proponent of a happy, healthy hobby for everybody. And I want everyone who walks into the shop enjoy their experience and enjoy their time in the hobby. So I, I'm not going to please everybody. I know that. But I want to. I don't want to try. I think I should try. I should strive. And I know I'm not going to. So there was an alter, there was At the end of the day, it was just a misunderstanding of card values. Someone was using one, one uh, platform. Someone else was using another. The numbers were weren't consistent it's just it ended up being more of a headache than it had to be really and i think the majority of people would agree that this could have been resolved a lot easier a lot quicker and a lot less dramatic my opinion but you know what it happened it's all right no one was hurt you know the deal wasn't made that's fine that is fine but again, please enjoy the hobby for what it is. It's a hobby. It's meant to have fun. And if you do that, you're going to have a good time. You will. And it's not life or death. It's not. not. Not for the majority of people out there. So I just want to kind of address that in in a very uh, lightful way. You know, Again, I don't want to dive into too many details. I don't want to get into all this and all that of 
you know, the, the details. I just don't think it's a time or the place to do so, especially where I had no idea what originally happened. So I'm just getting opinions and, and stories from other people. So, you know, in case it's not the truth, I don't want to, you know, tell you guys what actually happened. But again, just have fun out there, whether you're at a card shop, a show, a trade night, you know, you're with your friends or whatever it may be. Have fun and take it seriously, yes, because you don't want to get burned and you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're making out, you're not losing money. But, like, don't take it too seriously. And I, I think you kind of get the drift that I'm saying and the way that I'm trying to say it is, like, you know, you don't have to take it crazy seriously. I hope I'm portraying that message correctly. But you know what? That will wrap it up for today's episode. That will wrap it up for season two of Merv's Boston Sports Talk. I've absolutely enjoyed talking a lot about the hobby over the past month or so since we kind of breached into June. We've been talking about cards, the hobby, obviously the national here and there. It's been really, really fun, and I definitely want to continue that trend into season three as we talk about football. And, yes, we're going to be breaking down scores and and Patriots and all that good stuff. Hopefully the Red Sox are in a much better situation. Who knows? Celtics and Bruins will be on the horizon. But I definitely want to make sure that we continue talking about the hobby and sports cards as as we come back for season three, which I do not know when that will exactly be. But just make sure you're staying, uh, you stay following the shop's social media page for all the information, all the details, so you don't miss anything. But that will wrap it up for today's episode, guys. I really appreciate you joining me for today. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying on all audio platforms. I already mentioned it. Wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you stream them, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk as well. So I would really appreciate you downloading, listening, and enjoying. And for those that are watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you like, comment, and consider subscribing to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing, as I would greatly appreciate the love and support. I had a hard time closing out season one last year. I remember I like stalled for like five, ten minutes because it was closing out season one. It was almost like closing out a chapter in my life because from January of 2021 all the way until March of 2022, I did the podcast very often um, from like January to July. Here I am stalling again for three days, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then once I got the shop, I kind of opened it up to two days a week. And then when the shop really started to take off, I had to do it to one day a week. So this podcast has been a real important uh, contributor and really just meaningful to me. So just kind of closing it out and not going to be doing these podcast episodes every Friday is it's like a little, you know, just a small piece of me is going to be kind of, you know, removed for a bit. But I don't want to delay anymore. Thank you guys so much for all your love and support. I will catch you in the next one for season three. And until now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.